Support for the Roster Watch podcast and for the Tradecast comes from Manscaped, who is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code ROSTERWATCH at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code ROSTERWATCH. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the Epic Roster Watch Podcast, brought to you by RosterWatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap. This will be the Thanksgiving edition of the podcast for the DFS breakdown and walkthrough. I'll be back with you on Friday to talk about the main slate, or not Friday, Jesus, I'm getting my days mixed up, Saturday to talk about the main slate, but we do have a Thanksgiving slate, and I am back home from a very successful deer hunting trip where my brother-in-law both were able to tag a nice mature buck each so the freezer looking to get filled things looking good uh, here to start this thanksgiving week we hope to keep it rolling here with the dfs slate if you could please give the podcast a rating and review in apple podcasts if you find it helpful um we're getting this podcast out this week in lieu of the waiver wire podcast as I was out hunting and um, Byron was traveling. And so uh, hopefully you guys were able to use the waiver wire cheat sheets and uh, get your waivers in this week for season long. But let's turn our focus to this three game Thanksgiving slate. It's always a lot of fun to um, be around friends and family and be able to get the fuck away from everybody and, and go watch football in the seclusion of hopefully your own home office or or a isolated room where you don't have to deal with everybody. Um, thankfully for me, it's a bit, it's a bit of a mixed blessing. My family got the hell out of here because they knew it was going to be a busy week for me with all my work, with the compressed schedule, and also having to uh, get out in the woods a, a little bit. So they headed out. So I'll be um, like Scrooge McDuck, or that's not that's not Scrooge McDuck, who like the Grinch at Christmas. I'll just be sitting on my ass at home by myself watching football, free of any worries of um, you know creepy aunts or uncles wanting to wanting to talk or you know new ugh, new scuzzy boyfriends of my little nieces. Um, okay, so let's uh, let's just get into it. And before we go just through the games, because it is just a three game slate. Maybe just uh, just a, a quick primer on, on basically. Like the cheat sheets and stuff, I made sure to write in the post on the ticker, like make sure and listen to this podcast if you're using the cheat sheets and you're using the Hyper DFS lineup generator over at rosterwatch.com because it's just really hard to make the cheat sheets and the style that we make them for this type of slate unless we're just going to give you a like a lineup, right? And that's no fun for anybody. It goes against the terms of service with the providers and it's just not what we do, you know. Lineup sellers are the are the scum of the earth and, and really, really bad for the DFS community. This isn't about giving people lineups. It's about helping you 
you know, put this lady into context or helping you identify what plays are, are good values and letting you do it for yourself. Because, you know, what fun is this if you're not kind of doing it for yourself and having your own thoughts and ideas and integrating them with the thoughts and ideas of people who do this for a living? That's kind of, that's what this content is. This isn't about telling you an exact lineup. Um, and with the cheat sheets, it, it's like, it's like we don't want to list every player in the goddamn player pool on the cheat sheets, right? But we also have to make it to where we're not just giving a you know just a, a lineup. What we're hoping is that you know with the cheat sheets on these shorter slates and like they're going to have to be. And I think there's a big difference between a three game and a four game slate. I've thought I thought this. Um, I, I remember having this thought every year that this this three game slate on Thanksgiving, it kind of reminds you of the first kind of uh, set of four game slates they'll have in the playoffs, but those four game slates in the playoffs, it it really does open up a different kind of, um, it opens up a different kind of world to you than just have having these three gamers to where to, as far as where you want to allocate your ownership percentages of the quarterback position, how you want to stack these games, how you need to work correlations. I really feel like that extra game makes it a, a little bit easier, at least from our end on a product end, to make these products that are helpful. So that's a long-winded way of saying um, that th- what we'll talk about here is is just the general strategy of it. And, and I think on these on these short slates – you need to take correlation into consideration and you also need to take into consideration the fact that if you, if you play a lot of lineups and tournaments, um, you're going to swindle yourself. If you take a little piece of everything and you make a million lineups with every quarterback and you get your Dak lineups and your Drew Brees lineups and you make sure and get your, um, you know, make sure and get your few Josh Allen lineups. And then you heard somebody say that, you know, Mitchell Trubisky is set up for a great week this week. So you make sure you get your Mitchell Trubisky lineups. It, that isn't, you got to, with these slates, you really have to take a stand. And in a lot of ways, taking that stand is going to mean maybe having to fade players that show up in the model as being, you know, really good values on DraftKings this week. I don't know what the hell they're, they're doing with pricing. Their pricing has been so sharp all year and here on Thanksgiving where it's a three game slate. It's it's like, it's kind of soft. Amari Cooper is what? 6,000 on this slate. Dak Prescott is 5,700 on this slate. Those are prices where it's kind of begging you to play those guys. And there are others, and we'll talk about them. But here on this slate, what we need to really think about is, okay, there are a few studs that you're just you're going to want to get in because they're going to be probably 50, 60 percent owned, and if they go off and you don't have them, you're gonna be you're gonna be buried, right? And that's kind of but see that's kind of a way to think about it from a, a, a cash game perspective. And so, always keep in mind that even though I'm saying you need to play Ezekiel Elliott, you need to play Alvin Kamara, and you need to play Michael Thomas, those are the obvious three best plays on the slate. And so, that's the that's the point, right? That's the main point: Kamara, Thomas, Zeke. And you can build around those guys, and it's possible to build around those guys. Now, when you start adding in Calvin Ridley and you start adding in Drew Brees into those lineups, 
it starts becoming a little bit hard and a little bit swindly to make these lineups happen, even with a completely mispriced Chicago Bears defense. We're going to get into all that. And so there are decisions that you have to make. But if, if you can have a core of players that you feel are dependable and you're making multiple lineups, now do you see how that's different than the stuff where we talked about earlier where it's the, bu- the Thanksgiving buffet line where you walk through, you grab a little piece of everything, a little piece here, a little piece here, a little piece of that, a little piece of that. Do you see how it's different? This way you have your main course, right? And just a little shit on the sides, right? The, the, it's a perfect for Thanksgiving, actually. It's like Zeke, Kamara, Breeze. Or, I'm sorry, Zeke, Kamara, Michael Thomas. That's your turkey, your ham, and your fucking, I don't know, stuffing or mashed potatoes. And then you get the little shit on the side because your aunt love, you know, your aunt wants you to have it, or you, you know, it's a little thing that some cousin always brings. Uh, you know, you don't want to eat much of it, but you, you get a little of it on there just because it's probably the right thing to do. And when you can mix and match those pieces, once you have your staples in place, now what you're doing is you're saying, okay, I I have I have these pieces that I know I'm comfortable with, that I know the volume will be there for, that I know we're in pretty good matchups and pretty good spots in games where the over-unders are high, at least high for the slate. I mean, they're not super high. I think one, one of them's 45 and one of them's 45 and 47 and a half. Anyway, a lot higher than the, than the Bears-Lions game. And then you, you get little pieces from that Bears-Lions game. You know, you get little pieces from all of the other spots you know, in the same game on the other side or whatever. When you do that, you can differentiate in all kinds of ways to maybe you can have one of those one-off flyer type of players that completely goes off. And when he does, what happens is, you know, that's the way you've differentiated your lineup. You haven't necessarily differentiated your lineup by making a lineup where you fade a Zeke or you fade a Camara just because they're going to be 60% owned. All right, so with all that said, and just as a preface to how this works, and that's why I really wanted to have the podcast to go along with this, even though it wasn't a regularly scheduled podcast. The other reason was I kind of felt like shit that we couldn't get the waiver wire pod up this week, if we're being completely honest and transparent here. Byron, is there anything worse than whenever you're trying to shave your, your balls and you have to use the same razor or the same trimmer or whatever that you use on your face? No, oh, I just puckered up thinking about it. <laughs> it hurts, dude. It hurts. You can, especially if you use an actual razor, you will cut your nuts. Um, that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. They have the new Lawnmower 2.0. It has proprietary skin-safe technology, so the trimmer won't nick your cut, nick, cut, snag. It, you know, none of that stuff. Your nuts are going to be safe. So, manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. You, like I said, man, you like who uses the same trimmer? on their dirty balls and their grundle in between their their like the back of their ball sack and their exit hole like how are you gonna use the same trimmer on your face that you put there it's like look 85 percent of women think that grooming or a lack of grooming is a major turnoff 80 percent of women think men should manscape below the belt and 89% of men think good grooming is essential to their professional success. Like, that comes from the business wire. So, look, here's what we've found from the Manscaped products. They have the new Lawnmower 2.0, which is better than the original Lawnmower. 
And you might ask how much better. Well, all right, so, all right, so now it trims at 6,000 strokes per minute. That's up from 4,000 strokes per, per minute with the original one. And the battery life has improved from 15 minutes on one charge all the way up to 60 minutes. And it includes a rechargeable battery now. No more double A's. The trimming head's also now replaceable with a lawnmower 2.0. It's now waterproof, guys. I'm telling you, you all you got to do is get that lawnmower, get it down there. It takes a few minutes. They, they give you this, uh, they give you some like newspaper looking stuff to stand on so it's easy to clean up afterwards and then you just kind of get this this ball deodorant this ball toner just kind of get it rubbed around on there you're gonna be feeling silky and smooth before you know it and you're not gonna ever remember what it was like before you started using manscaped alex i couldn't believe it ever since i got my sample kit from manscaped my girlfriend from dallas has been flying out way more often to come see me for a sweaty greek man like me she absolutely loves the ball deodorant and then the ball toner so smooth and shiny and so tight She's able to bounce a half dollar off those hush puppies. And also, man, that you know me, Alex. I got with Greeks. We got a lot of chest here. I'm able to use that lawnmower up top too. All right, so you can get 20% off and free shipping with promo code Rosterwatch at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com and use promo code Rosterwatch. Join the other dudes helping themselves with Manscaped with a special offer just for our listeners. Get 20% off and free shipping at Manscaped.com. That's right. Manscaped is offering Rosterwatch listeners 20% off and free shipping. To get yours, go to manscaped.com and use promo code rosterwatch. Again, manscaped.com and use promo code rosterwatch to get 20% off and free shipping. That's manscaped.com and use promo code rosterwatch. Chicago Bears at Detroit Lions. The Bears are four-point favorites in this game. This game opened up as a 41.5 total and has dropped plummeted to a 37. We have um, 83% of the tickets here, or I'm sorry, 72% of the tickets are on the uh, under along with 83% of the money. So the sharp support is coming on right along with the public sentiment that this game that's going to be in, uh, was it 11.30 a.m. Central game, so the first game before you even eat any food, um, looks like you know the public sentiment and the sharp support all think this thing is going to be a stinker. On the Chicago side... You know, what do we have? So we have Mitchell Trubisky, of course, who sucks. Um, Allen Robinson, who's awesome, but he's going to be likely seeing a whole lot of Darius Slay, where it's not as tough a matchup as we'll talk about with Amari Cooper a little bit later in the afternoon, but it's certainly not a matchup that, you know, that you're that interested in from an optimal play standpoint. With that said, would would you really find it that hard to believe if Allen Robinson had a good game in this spot. And with Allen Robinson's ownership being so low down, you know, on DraftKings, what his ownership's being projected now, somewhere in like the 15% range, something like that. Uh, that's a pretty low percentage of, of ownership for such a short slate like this. A lot of these plays, you know, if you can get them under 30%, something like that's, that's, that's pretty good. That That's, that's probably going to be considered something of a lower-owned play. Uh, of course, you're always going to be able to find these 1% plays, these weird, like, you know, in this game, what, like a Riley Ridley or a, some kind of backup tight end or that they have there with the Chicago Bears. But the fact of the matter is that we, we know that Allen Robinson is probably, you know, going to get his, especially 
now that we know that Taylor Gabriel is not going to play in this game, I guess he's still concussed. Uh, that, what's, what, the, what that's going to also do is on a slate like this where people are going to be just trying to, like me and like us, we're going to be trying to get in Michael Thomas, Kamara, and Ezekiel Elliott. We're going to be looking for value in these other games, and this game will be a game that a lot of people swoop into to look for value. We have in this game on DraftKings Anthony Miller, a golden son of Roster Watch Nation, who has really, really uh, ticked up his usage over the course of the last two weeks. Let me see if I can get Roster Watch pulled up here just for the snap counts, touches, and targets tool. And we can look at Anthony Miller uh, the last couple of weeks. But I believe Byron tweeted that he's seen 20 targets over the last two weeks, which is clearly very good usage. He had nine targets, six receptions for 77 yards last week. Only 55% of snaps um, in week 11. We had Anthony Miller. He had 86% of snaps, 11 targets, six receptions for 54 yards. So these last two weeks, he's definitely been ticking up a little bit. And you know we have to keep our eye on that. Uh, especially now that there's no Taylor Gabriel. You got to ask yourself how you think this game plays out. And if you think this game plays out where the Chicago Bears are going to beat the shit out of the, of the Detroit Lions, and that could happen. Mitchell Trubisky can have decent games versus bad opponents. We've seen it versus, we've seen it versus Washington. We didn't necessarily um, see him have a huge game uh Versus the who they played last week was it the New York was it the New York Giants I think in week twelve uh, it wasn't necessarily a huge game yeah versus the New York Giants in week twelve but that's a that's a bad team you know that's it's the kind of thing where it was sort of predictable that Mitchell Trubisky you know wasn't going to be an absolute dumpster fire in that thing the Detroit Lions are a bad defense the the only thing you really worries you about those guys is Darius Slay and that is an immediate and necessary hesitation you're probably going to have about Allen Robinson, and that's why his ownership is not going to be any higher than this. I think it also has to do with the fact that he's priced in a tier uh, where other guys exist that, you know, if, if you just look at – let me just open up – I'll just open up DraftKings and pull up a Wishbone Classic – or no, hold on. What is this? The uh, Yeah, the Wishbone Classic. That's a nice prop. Man, imagine making 300k on Thanksgiving. I think if you make 300k on Thanksgiving, you're gonna you're gonna have to do something squirrely, and that's what we always talk about on the serious show about showdowns and stuff like that. Sometimes you gotta just hold your nose and make the bad plays, like a real trash man. And maybe if you can hold your nose and say, "Look, I'm gonna play Allen Robinson at 6700 instead of Calvin Ridley," they could be in a Julio Jonesless Atlanta Falcons offense in a you know a little bit of a decent spot here, a high over under, a good scoring environment. If I pay up to pay Allen Robinson, maybe, you know, after those first games go off, I'm, I'm sitting really, really pretty with a lower-owned play that actually did something for me here. Uh, because, like we talked about, that's, it's not just the Darius Slay. It's the fact that Anthony Miller is going to be so popular due to the way that constructions seem to be shaping up, or at least the constructions I've been doing the constructions I was talking to Byron about, like how this thing shakes out, what kind of scripts we're putting on these games, because the models, you know, the the this, the model for this is different. Because if it just, if we just put the optimal plays on the cheat sheets, it would be nonsensical, right? It would it would be it would be nonsensical. It would be like, do you, all right, so Dak Dak Prescott is super cheap, right? So do you get him on the sheet even though Zeke Elliott is a block and those two likely don't correlate very well? Well, on a slate like this, you don't 
you know, those with that kind of stuff, you don't worry as much about correlation because you're going to have, you're on a slate like this, you're going to have to have probably some little bits of negative correlation in your lineup. Right. But if, if, if we're worried about Amari Cooper and we maybe like Michael Gallup a little bit better, or if we just think it's a Zeke game where Josh Allen's going to have to be throwing the football to John Brown to come back here in this thing. Like, do, do we, at that point, decide, like, well, do we just put, like, at some point you got to take a fucking stand. Like, so are we just going to put our eggs in the Zeke basket here? This is a Zeke, this is a Zeke running game kind of, kind of game. And if that's the case, we, we probably don't want to use that much of these Dallas Cowboys wide receivers. And so then he roll out a naked Dak, like a Dak without any receivers attached to him. Well, then you think to yourself, well, wait, if we do that and we're running him out naked, that's what we like to do with rushing quarterbacks because rushing quarterbacks can get, you know, can sneak in for rushing touchdowns. If we do that, that negatively correlates with Zeke and fuck, I'm already more tilted than I am about my God, all my aunts and uncles at the, at the Thanksgiving dinner. I'm trying to get away from, and that's not what we're trying to do. What was I even talking about? This shitty Detroit game? Oh, right. So, so on the Chicago side, I, I mean, Allen Robinson, you could play him. I, I tried to explain why there could be hesitancy there. Anthony Miller, I think, is a great play, but you're going to be on him with a whole lot of other people. It's not like he's shown a huge amount of upside, and even last week you saw a 55% snap count. That could hurt us this week. Tariq Cohen could be somebody that kind of hurts him in that department, right? Because Tariq Cohen could kind of play some out of the slot. He could maybe pick up some extra catches that Taylor Gabriel, you know, was, you know, they could kind of invent some screen passes for him or some swing passes or, you know, who, who knows what they could dial up for him. They could dial up some kind of wheel route that could be a huge 65-yard absolute monster that could – they could kill your day or could make your day just in the blink of an eye, man, there with the, with the, with the human joystick. So I think in tournaments, like, Tariq Cohen's fine, and I'm going to have a little bit of exposure to Tariq Cohen. Uh, what does he cost? I mean, 5000 on this. He's, he's $400 cheaper than David Montgomery, who we decided that we kind of would go with the model and, and keep him on there, but mainly because it seems like he's going to be pretty under-owned. People think he sucks and he's shitty. And I, I'll admit, he hasn't looked like the guy that we saw at I, uh, what, Iowa State that, um, you know, we watched closely down here in Big 12 country. And then, you know, we've kind of seen him grow through that through that uh, program that Matt Campbell has going there in, in Ames. And he broke all of the efficiency metrics that PFF had as far as broken tackles and everything like that. There have been few running backs in the league that have looked, to look, looked less elusive than David Montgomery has during long stretches of the season. Now he has had big, big time flashes, and you do see, I mean the 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 you know the spike weeks. He had the big week, um, a couple of them. You know he had a couple big weeks versus uh, the Chargers, and then versus uh, versus, and that was a game where he he got loaded up with with twenty seven uh, carries, but he also had another week, uh, big week versus Philly, but that had to do with uh, getting in for for two touchdowns in that one. He also had a beautiful, if I remember correctly, a beautiful diving grab in that game for way down the field. Yeah, so he, he had 36 yards receiving. That was that beautiful diving catch there in week nine from David Montgomery. And I like him. I've, I'm finding it hard to get him in if I'm getting in Zeke and Kamara. 
So if you want to get off one of those guys and go down to a Devin Singletary, a David Montgomery, I think it's probably fine. I think Tariq Cohen on a site like DraftKings when he's cheaper could be interesting, you know, and then we think about, you know, who else could maybe fill this void? Um, could, I mean, could maybe a Cordero Patterson, you know, come in and do something? That's the kind, that's maybe the way that, you, you know, a guy that hasn't gotten targeted since week nine, <laughs> right? But with Taylor Gabriel out and, and, on, and on an island game, everybody loves uh, seeing Cordero Patterson have a big, gadget play or a big trick play we know Matt Nagy's cock maybe with his crappy smoke and mirrors offense he could you can see him dial something up like that you could, I mean also Cordell Patterson who doesn't love seeing a, a, a big you know kickoff return for a touchdown on on one of these Thanksgiving games Cordell Patterson you know you still get points for that on on DraftKings uh, he's he's 3,000 over here so men's men's salary as far as wide receivers are concerned you could probably think about think about him for sure and then for the Bears. This is a nightmare at the uh, at the at the um, tight end position because we have Adam Shaheen is out. Uh, we have Burton out. We have Ben Broniker who is out, and so now we are we're left with a choice between um, Jesper Horstead, who he caught one ball last week, but he was just promoted from the practice squad. It looks like he's probably the probably the the best option. Uh, the other guy, uh, J.P. Holtz. If I told you I knew anything about him, I, that would be a complete lie. Where is J.P. Holtz even from? J.P. Holtz Wikipedia. Let me just see, and then we'll look it up here. So he's born August twenty eighth, nineteen ninety three. Jesus, that makes me feel old. Um, so he's un, un, he played at Pitt, undrafted free agent by the Cleveland Browns in 2016. Looks like he was um, signed to the. Okay, so the Redskins picked him up in the end. So he's been on practice squad and practice squad and practice squad. He was so the Browns practice squad, the Redskins practice squad, the Bears. Now on the practice squad, he was waived by the Redskins on September 11th. The Bears claimed him off waivers. Um, he's also played some fullback, and so he, it seems like he's probably more like the fullback, H-back type role. I think if you're going to try and get real creepy at the tight end position here, because because we know uh, Brad Bradley Sowell, this guy is a uh, this guy's a blocker. It even says here in the uh, it even says here in his little DK profile that he's only recorded one catch in his career. So uh, and we just we just know that that's the that's who Bradley Soul is. He's he's the, he's he's thought of as a as a good blocking tight end. So uh, Jesper Horstead, if you want to do something really weird and start Thanksgiving off with a real bang or a real bust, you can do it with that guy. On the Detroit Lions side, we have more injuries to talk about. Jeff Driscoll has a hammy, and so I'm just like, uh, who do you who can even play off this off this uh, offense? Whenever it looks like we're going to have David Blau in there, um, now if we do get Jeff Driscoll and he does play, I know he's been kind of you know at least decent these last couple weeks. But a lot of that has to do with the fact you know that coming into coming into last week, he was averaging uh, 44 rushing yards per game. After last week, let me get the rankings uh, the rankings model pulled up. What's this email? Okay, uh, rankings model here. So um, I believe we'll see. 
Yeah, so he got. I mean, after last week, his rushing rushing expectation even went up a little bit um, to where it has him now at forty six, and his average was actually up to fifty point three three. The model doesn't know that he has a messed up hamstring though, and if that guy can't run, it's just what you know. What are you gonna do with what are you gonna do with Jeff Driscoll? He had he's had uh, let's see. 37, 51, and 63 rushing yards in each one of his last three games. He's gotten you 19 fantasy points, 27 fantasy points, and 16 fantasy points. He got you 16 fantasy points last week at Washington, a shitty team, and he had to rely on nine attempts for 63 yards to get you to to 15.58 fantasy points. So if that guy's got a hamstring and he's immobile, I am am worried about him uh, against against a – Chicago Bears defense that we know is not what it used to be. Pagano is certainly no uh, Vic Fangio as far as a defensive mind, but they have good they have good players. They haven't been as good against the run ever since they've lost a couple of key defenders. I'm forgetting what, what's who oh Hicks, Akeem Hicks, and some others. But the uh, the reason you play Jeff Driscoll is because of the floor that his legs provide as a rusher, and. It just this hurts like Kenny Galladay. It hurts Marvin Jones. Those guys were probably going to be relatively low owned, but not that low owned because uh, because both of those guys have you know great name value. We've seen Marvin Jones go off before uh, on Thanksgiving Day. People always remember that stuff, and it's a you know it's a very concentrated aerial attack, especially now that T.J. Hawkinson is questionable. It's looking more and more like he's going to play. He logged a limited session on Wednesday, so we'll definitely keep an eye on that. Um, let's just see if they even have an update on him here. Uh, no. So he was a limited participant on Tuesday, a full participant on Wednesday. So TJ Gronkinson could sort of come into the picture here at 3,400. Uh, there's going to be a lot of concentration on Jared Cook, and we'll talk about him in the New Orleans-Atlanta breakdown. So Maybe a Hawkinson. That could be an interesting play if we got Jeff Driscoll back there with a bad hammy looking to get the ball out quickly. Uh, Hawkinson certainly, over the course of the last three games, you know, hasn't really been a, a huge favorite of um, of Jeff Driscoll. But at Chicago, he did log uh, six targets last time. So he had three receptions for seven for 47 yards in that one. If you told me that I was going to get three receptions for 47 yards and any kind of chance at a touch, you tell me like he's like plus 325 to score, I would play a decent amount of TJ Hawkinson in this game. I would play a decent amount of TJ Hawkinson here, I, I think, even though there's a few other tight ends that I, I find, find, a, find a little bit interesting. And then, of course, um, just whatever running back, you know, it just depends on how you think the game script's going to go. Um, the Chicago Bears, if I look at the – let me look at the matchup tool here and just see where the Bears are this week as far as a matchup for opposing runners. They, they certainly have been nowhere near as formidable this year as they were last year. Um, we, have it as, we have it as a very middle-of-the-road matchup this week. That likely has to do with the fact that the Lions are three-and-a-half-point underdogs. Um, but still, it's it's like a middling matchup. It's not as tough – like – it's 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 the seventh worst for opposing quarterbacks, the the third worst for opposing wide receivers, and the ninth worst for opposing tight ends. It's only about the, it's just like right in the middle as far as opposing running backs. So we've we've seen Bo Scarborough um, get some work, and he would certainly be the he's going to be the most popular option of these Detroit running backs. But in the in the within the construct of the whole slate, he's not going to be very popular compared to some of these others. So. You can make a case for Scarborough. 
If you want to make a case for J.D. McKissick or Ty Johnson, you can go ahead and do it. I, I just, you know, you just have to realize that those are the kinds of plays that, you know, some galaxy brain MFer out there is going to, or some dumbass, who, who knows, or they, you know, the Venn diagram of, the, of where those two, the, those two meet. There's a, there's a, there's a big area there in the middle that kind of <laughs> where they correlate, but somebody's going to make a play like that and win $300,000 on DraftKings. And if you have a lot of conviction about some sort of play like that, by all means, always go with it. My favorite play in this game is the Bears defense, uh, $2,500. Just, I don't know why they're so cheap. I guess it's because they've been so shitty lately. But if we do get David Blau or a limping Jeff Driscoll here in this spot, it just doesn't seem like this is a Detroit team that uh, that matches up well in any real phase of this game except for the fact that they, they'll likely be able to at least keep Allen Robinson in check just on paper. I'm, Allen Robinson is a G, and I think he can win in any situation. And I don't think that Darius Slay has been the complete lockdown corner that we've seen uh, out of him in years past, or kind of the the, um, the 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 absolute eraser that some of these other guys are in the league right now. But other than Slay and Robinson, it's like where's the where's the matchup here? That an idiot like you know aerospace idiot Matt Patricia, who God, when are, are they going to fire him this year? Where's the matchup that he's going to win this game with? You know? And if you can concoct a cockamamie thing in your mind, remember, cockamamie things happen every week in the NFL. It's just, it's it's so hard to predict them, and it's so hard to think. In a business like ours, where we're trying to be optimal, we're trying to tell you the good plays, it's like, the, those aren't good plays. But looking back at the game, you'd be like, for shit, you know, that, wish I'd have played, you know, J.D. McKissick with his, you know, seven catches for 93 and a touchdown or something. How the hell did that happen? Uh, all right, let's move on to the next one here. Hopefully that didn't confuse you more than you already were. I'll tell you what, you don't have to sit back and watch the season unfold with your hands in your pockets because you too can get in on the action. You can support your team every weekend or take advantage of your football knowledge to bring home the bacon with my bookie. Between football season, the start of the NBA season, the NHL season, it's time to get off the sideline and get on the action. There's plenty to bet on and always cash to be won. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet a, you know, a little bit on multiple games uh, and you bet them together so you can get a much bigger payout. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go with mybookie.ag because nobody gives you more ways to win. If you really want to support your team this season, don't just sit on the sidelines. Get in the game with MyBookie. And if you join right now, MyBookie will double your first deposit. So it's, it's, it's free money. If you put in $100, they will, they will give you $200 total to bet with there on MyBookie.ag. But you have to use this promo code. Use promo code ROSTER to activate the offer. That's promo code ROSTER to double your cash. So visit MyBookie.ag today. Remember, use promo code ROSTER to activate that that 2x deposit bonus that is at mybookie.ag visit today you play you win you get paid all right so the buffalo dallas game is 47 total in this one dallas is a seven point favorite 60 percent of the tickets are on the bills along with 58 percent of the money so right there with it 53 percent of the tickets are on the under of 47 but only 31 percent of the money so the sharps think this game could shoot out here's the question you should ask yourself can you play Dak and zeke in the same lineup you probably can but if you're going to want to win a tournament with Dak Prescott, you're going to need his. You're, you're going to need Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup to go off, 
for probably at least maybe two touchdowns to one of them, one touchdown to the other one of them. And if that happens, how many are left over for Zeke? Right? So that's what we were talking about earlier in the thing. You know, in these shorter slates, you're going to have to have some negative correlation, but you don't want to have these things massively correlated negatively where you can't even give yourself a shot. So you have that decision. Dak is 5,700. Amari Cooper is 6,000. They are way underpriced. Way underpriced. The problem is Zeke's way underpriced. He's 7,400 in a matchup with Buffalo that the matchup tool says is the ninth best matchup for opposing runners on the slate. And Zeke's a touchdown favorite at home. Zeke is a man who likes to eat. Thanksgiving is a holiday where people eat. It's probably his favorite holiday of the year. I mean... Jason Garrett's on the goddamn hot seat. Jerry Jones is already saying that this dude needs to be fired. Like he, not saying that, but you know, all the local media is saying it. Jerry Jones isn't doing anything except fan the goddamn flames. I, this seems like a game where Jason Garrett says, "Look, we need to pound the ball with Zeke Elliott. Let's let's you know, let's take play action shots off of that. We're gonna have Tre'Davious White to deal with over here on Amari Cooper, and that's something to keep in mind. Amari Cooper, he's cheap, but he's on Tre'Davious White, and let's also let's all let's also face it, he's fuck he's coming out of games a whole lot lately with some kind of hamstring or some kind of foot or some kind of shit. Like you're like, why is Amari Cooper out here? And they're saying like, well, it's a personnel decision for this. It's like, like he's. There have been some swindly weird things if you've been somebody that's been relying on Amari Cooper in, in fantasy over the course of the, of the last few weeks. I personally like Michael Gallup better here. I think that he's a fine play to play as a, as a sort of one-off. But Zeke is obviously the, the lock. Uh, Randall Cobb is definitely a play. Jason Garrett's too old. Um, and if you want to get cute with any kind of Blake Jarwin or anything like that, just remember the Buffalo Bills are a very tough matchup for opposing tight ends. Um, if we look at it here, yeah, this is the, the third worst matchup of the week for opposing tight ends. Whenever we're talking about that, Buffalo has been like this all goddamn year. And you just, you don't play tight ends against San Francisco, New England, Buffalo, or Carolina. It's like, we've, we've been saying it all year. And if you are the type of person that says matchups don't matter and defenses don't matter, it's like, well, you, I mean, for one, you're probably a little bit cockamamie. And for two, we're, 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 we're talking about the, the extreme tales of the distribution here. Right? So... Jason Witten is not a, a fun roster anyway. Why he's not going to be a fun roster versus this this worst matchup, which of course means he's going to go for seven and like one eighteen and three touchdowns or so. But like that's how we feel about the tight ends. I mean, the GPP Galaxy Brain plays here. I mean, maybe what Tony Pollard or something. I don't know. On this side, I'm just not getting cute with it. I like Zeke the best. That means I'm probably going to be a little bit underweight on on Dak and his and his wide receivers because I'm trying to win a tournament. You know, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to min cash. Uh, maybe if you want to correlate Zeke, if you think this is a big Zeke game, maybe on the other side playing a lower owned Josh Allen. You know. Like stacking the Bills, play Josh Allen, Devin Singletary, and Zeke, and stack. Stack, stack Josh Allen with John Brown. John Brown has been really good this year, and it's different than than such a cornerback matchup sensitive Amari Cooper facing a good matchup in Tre'Davious White. The fact that John Brown has to face Byron Jones, why? Because John Brown is fucking is fast as shit. He can run by Byron Jones. We've seen him run by we've seen him run by good corners all year. Like John Brown's got a good floor, so I do like John Brown this week. And then Dawson Knox, the tight end here in this one. Um, I think 
you know, everybody, I think there's going to be like 60% ownership on, on Jared Cook. Dawson Knox is only 2,900. And, you know, in the last three weeks, he's had one six-target game, six targets, uh, 55 yards. Um, so he's had at least 55 yards and or one touchdown in two of the last three weeks. Um, only two targets last week versus Denver. But, man, that reminds me, John, John, John Brown was able to get in the box versus Denver. Like, I'm not worried about Byron Jones. Well, you, you, I am, but I'm not, like... You can't be over. It's a, it, it, it's a three game slate. You can't dial up everything perfectly exactly like you like it. Um, so Dawson Knox in the lineups that I've tried to make with like let me just go on DK. So let me just see here. Elliot, get him in. Kamara, get him in. Thomas, get him in. Bears defense, get him in. Okay, so now I'm left with like forty five hundred left per per player. Let's just say, I mean, between Josh Allen, oh man, but see, that's why Dak is interesting because she's just, but you would just have to play him with Gallup, you know? You would have to play him with Gallup. But let's just say we would go with Josh Allen here, take, his, take the savings off of uh, from Breeze, then we play John Brown. It's like that leaves us only 34-66 left for a wide receiver, a tight end, and a flex. So we're not going to be able to get in uh, Jared Cook here at um, at 4,800. If we can get down here to Dawson Knox at 2,900, it leaves us now. Now we're looking at 37.50 per player, and then we can go to the wide receivers and we can say, well, maybe let's double stack him with how much is Cole Beasley? It's 47, so that's too much. I mean, this is start. This is start where this is where you start looking at. Like we talked about the Cordero Pattersons of the world. We talked about earlier. You can maybe try Anthony Miller, but if you have Anthony Miller, that last flex spot, you got thirty six hundred to play with, and there's really not too much down here at the flex positions that gets me too hot in the old you know robot pants. With that, if you uh, if you listen to the serious show, um. That's kind of, I mean, so this construction, even though they made it a little bit easier, since they made it easier, it makes us be greedy and want to get get everybody in. And when we do, it still ends, you know, it gets us on thin plays. So Dawson Knox, I'm not saying I consider him a thin play. I think he's probably a good one if you need to pay down at the tight end position. We mentioned Cole Beasley. This is a homecoming revenge game for him, and Beasley's been getting the targets right. I mean, he's he's definitely the number two option in that passing attack. If you just look over the course of the last. Three games, six targets, four targets, and nine targets. Uh, the four targets coming um, coming in that win at Miami, wherever it wasn't necessarily a Cole Beasley game script. You know, um, they, they that game was never in doubt. They led the whole time. So I think that Beasley could be interesting here. I think John. I think that uh, Josh Allen is interesting as well. And the fact that Beasley's interesting on DraftKings. Makes me think that on DraftKings I can play Josh Allen instead of just trying to trying my best just to get all the Drew Brees to Michael Thomas I can and stacking Drew Brees, Kamara, Michael Thomas, and then hopefully getting Calvin Ridley on the other side. In the next game that we'll talk about here, which is the New Orleans Saints at the Atlanta Falcons. Let's see what this line is. It's uh, 48 and a half. It opened up at 49 and a half. Um, but it's, it's, it was a weird line move because we have 73% of tickets on the over along with 73% of money. We have 80% of the tickets on New Orleans, minus seven points on the road, 85% of the money on New Orleans. So 
all the public, all the sharps are all over the Saints to roll in this game. That's why I like to get as many pieces as I can. I like to get as many pieces as I can also because it's um, it's it's just it's it, this game seems like it's going to be a good scoring environment. I know that Atlanta was tough on the Saints in uh, what two weeks ago. Was that three weeks ago now? I forget. What was it? It was in was that week ten? We've had two weeks since their last matchup. Yeah, week ten at home versus Atlanta. But that has turned out to be a complete anomaly. Uh Atlanta came back down to earth last week big time, whenever you look at what went on uh versus uh Tampa Bay in that game. Just a real high scoring game. This game's in a dome. Drew Brees is great in these domes. You don't worry about him being on the road because he's in a controlled environment. So it's Michael Thomas, it's Alvin Kamara. If you want to look, here's the thing. I think everybody's going to want to get in Kamara and Zeke Elliott, and you can do it. You can't necessarily get in, you know, everybody else you want, but you can get in Kamara, Elliott, and Michael Thomas. If you deviate from that a little bit and you decide, you're like, you know what, I'm, I, think, I think they're going to get up, and I think Latavius Murray is going to get three touchdowns. I mean, that's not outside the realm of possibility. Right. And Latavius Murray's ownership is, I mean, it will be dwarfed by, I mean, anything close. It will be 10 times less, not 10, but maybe six times less than Alvin Kamara's. There, you want, maybe you don't play Breeze and you play both Alvin Kamara and Latavius. You think maybe they're going to, you know, you probably wouldn't want to play Michael Thomas in those lines, but maybe it's in the lineup where you're just like, you know, fuck it, I'm, I'm not going to play Michael Thomas. He's too expensive. I'd rather play Amari Cooper and say, screw the matchup. Uh, I'd rather get in John Brown, and I'd rather get in Allen Robinson and go with three mid-tier wide receivers like nobody on this slate's going to do. Because they're going to pay for the suds and pay down for these other you know, value guys. The Anthony Millers, the Cole Beasleys, etc. So you could do that. Um, on the New Orleans side, uh, Jared Cook, so that's the other thing. You know, that's, that's the key decision point. He's the only tight end that any like, people are going to look at this tight end group and they're going to say, well, I know Jason Witten's name. I know Jared Cook's name. I know Jimmy Graham's name. Wait, the Packers aren't on the slate? Who the fuck is this Jay Graham? They're going to click on him and they're going to say it's Jaden Graham. <laughs> Jaden Graham is probably maybe an okay play for you know, stacking this game. As well, he did have um, he did he did have one really nice catch last week. How many yards did he finish with? I mean, he but he only had that 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 was his only catch. He had two targets, and then he had the one fifty three yard reception. But I mean, he looks like a looks like a pretty athletic kid, and somebody who we definitely monitored and had on the DFS cheat sheets at times during the preseason this year. So I don't know, maybe you could maybe you could look at Jaden Graham. I actually think that Jaden Graham might not be a bad. Might not be a bad place to look here. I'm trying to scroll down here at the tight ends. It's like nobody knows these other guys. We talked about these horse deads earlier and stuff like that. Jesse James is down here. If if you know Hawkinson for some reason can't go, um, that, boy, that would be a thin play. These tight ends are bad this week, man. That's why a lot of people are just going to look at Jared Cook. They're going to say, oh look, you know, ten targets, you know, at least eight targets in two of the last three weeks. Ten targets last time they played Atlanta. He didn't even get in the box in that game, and he still scored 13.4 fantasy points. Last week, he's got scored 21.9 fantasy points. So people are going to click on Jared Cook, and your decision is going to be like, do I want to be like the 50 to 60% of other players who play Jared Cook? Or, you know, if you do, it's fine. I, I think he's a great play. 
I hope he goes big. I, I, I need him to go big to get the number one seed in my home league. I play him with Byron and Trashman and these other idiots. But, you know, you should just remember it's Jared Cook and it's, um, <laughs> it's, it's Chalk Jared Cook. So, you know, it's, it's Chalk Jared Cook. So he could bury you, or he could all—I mean, he could also really open things up if you save some money to get some other things going. And then if he doesn't have a big game, all of a sudden you're sitting really pretty with people who hamstrung themselves by paying up, uh, you know, on the slate here at least relatively paying up for the only for for the highest priced option. Even though he's forty eight hundred, he is the highest priced option this week at the position on the Atlanta side. The big news, of course, no Julio Jones, or I'm not going to say no Julio Jones at practice this week. So we'll see. That's an AC joint sprain. It seems like the type of thing that he could probably play through. And, you know, we have Marshawn Lattimore, who's also looking like he's iffy for this game as well. So it would shape up to be a great Julio game. And maybe if Julio goes, maybe Julio is a, a, a good play because I think people are going to be scared to play him. I'm certainly not, not, not interested in playing uh, Julio Jones if he's going to be out there and injured because, like Trashman always says, there are two players in the NFL that make the best decoys of anybody, and that is Julio Jones and Alshon Jeffrey. Those guys play hurt at times, and they make great decoys. If Julio doesn't go, we're going to need to really think seriously about getting in Russell Gage. He's only 4,500 on DraftKings. Last week, 10 targets. Um, you know, So the targets really ticking up for him. Eight receptions for 76. He was a great play last week. He was a guy that we talked about some on the DFS pod last week for the main slate. And um, as an interesting salary saver down there with the, you know, the Chris Conleys of the world and these other, with these other dirt, you know, the Tim Patrick's and these other dirt balls we talked about that we weren't too sure of last week that were really gnarly down there at the bottom of the wide receiver barrel. Well, he's priced up a little bit more this week, but 10 targets last week. And then, I mean, even going dating back to week eight, so back before the bye, nine targets, five targets, four targets, and 10 targets since this team has not had Mohamed Sanu and Austin Hooper. That's what Russell Gage has been doing. So maybe uh, what about that lineup from earlier? If I get in Russell Gage, you know, Russell Gage on the other side of this stack, and then you can get an Anthony Miller. I mean, that leaves you in a pretty decent place for your last flex. I'm not going to talk about it because that goes against the DK terms of service, but just something to keep in mind there. Russell Gage, maybe we'll add him onto the cheat sheets if we get official word that Julio Jones is out. It looks like we're going to get Devontae Freeman back, and you know what that means. It doesn't mean I'm going to play him. It's, it certainly doesn't mean I'm going to play him. But uh, it just means a Thanksgiving miracle, a true, true, true Thanksgiving miracle that we no longer have to consider playing goddamn Brian Hill. 